0: This week's episode is Hope Larson. This is episode 72. Hope is a wonderful writer. She's an Eisner Award winner. You've probably read some of her graphic novels like Chiggers or Mercury or Grey Horse. She happens to be the writer of Batgirl, and that's what we're going to get into mostly with her today. So, make sure that you check us out on Facebook and on Twitter and on YouTube. You can find all that stuff by simply searching Shanley and on Batman. If you Google Shanley and on Batman, all kinds of exciting stuff comes up, including the websites www.shanleyandonbatman.com and www.podcastempirenetwork. Just go and like and follow and share and help us to keep bringing you all of this content. Because we do it for you and we love doing it. And each and every little bit of support that you guys give us does show up to us and does help out. And whether you think so or not, it does help us bring you. New content that you guys are interested in. So, with all that being said, let's just jump right into it. Episode seventy-two with Hope Larson.
1: Um, I'm uh, really interested in uh like where where did you start with comic books? Like, was there like a comic book that you picked up and you were like, "This is what I want to do. I want to tell stories like this, like with this."
2: Um,
3: format. yeah, I I've been reading comics for a pretty long time. The first time that I really connected with um comics outside of newspaper comics was when I was seven and eight years old. My dad is a professor and he went on sabbatical and moved the whole family over to France for a year. And my brother and I didn't know French at all. And they just basically tossed us in the local school and we had to pick it up through immersion. And as you probably know, France and Europe have more of a, more of a um, mainstream comics culture than we have here. So it was really easy to get Asterix and Tintin and all those big Bande dessinée books, and my parents were very willing to buy them for me because it helped with my French comprehension. Oh, okay. So I read just tons of volumes of those, and that was how I got into comics. And then I came back to the U.S., and I didn't really start reading comics again until high school, which is when manga started coming over. And being a lot more accessible, and from there I got into indie comics, and uh, from there I've gotten into more mainstream stuff.
4: So, awesome. you, so you talk about, you know, picking up comics when you were a kid. Did you, when you were a kid, were you writing your own comics, or were you illustrating your own comics, or was it just, or did you just were just such an avid fan and you just read them?
3: I I was definitely writing and drawing. I didn't think of them as comics when I was really little, but I've always been writing and drawing stories my entire life. We used to, have, My mom used to have them in the attic and a squirrel got in there and destroyed everything, which really stinks because I wish I had those. So I think that some of them actually were comics, but I'm not really sure because they're gone now.
0: Ah, uh, it's unfortunate. So going over to, going overseas and living there as a kid, was that something that you... You said, like, the comic stuff was more mainstream then. Was that something that helped you relate to the kids that were there already? Or were you still kind of just the American outsider kid?
3: I was definitely the American outsider kid. Which is, I think, a good experience to have. Um, I was pretty much fluent by the end of the year. But, like... I really would have needed another year to be caught up to all of the other kids in my class. And I didn't get to have that. So I basically lost all of the French comprehension that I had.
4: So so being a Batman podcast, we usually start off the podcast with, what was your first introduction to the character of Batman? So for you, was it it the 66th show, was it the 89th film, or was it the animated series that kind of brought you into the world of Batman?
2: I think it actually may have
3: been reruns of the TV show, the 66 TV show. Because I think they had that on, on like um, Nick at night or something. Somebody had it. Somebody was showing reruns. I remember seeing it. And I also remember watching a lot of the animated cartoon in the 90s, which was amazing.
0: Yeah. We're all huge fans of the animated
1: series. I remember reading somewhere that you said, all you want to do is, uh, is tell stories. And I think that's really cool. And uh, like what, uh, what do you find are like the, the elements that you try to bring together that make a good story versus one that kind of is, that could be improved upon, I guess. Do you have like a formula that you have or do you like have specific things that you strive toward in terms of development? What's your approach?
3: Um, for me, what makes a good story, or the kind of story that I personally want to tell is a story that is propulsive. So it's just moving forward at all times um, a story that has uh, plot and theme sort of and character all woven together. So it's something that is it's a story that's about something, but you don't have to be thinking about plot and theme and all of that writerly type stuff to enjoy it because it's going to be entertaining you with action and fun dialogue and all of that stuff as you go along. Basically, I, I want to write the kind of thing that if it was a movie, it would be, um, like a fun popcorn movie, but a really good one like um, Tremors is an example of a movie that I think is basically perfect.
0: Awesome. <laughs> I know we have that darn squirrel to blame, but uh do you remember what possibly your first story you put to paper was by any chance? I don't. No. I wish I could.
3: Definitely a lot of a lot of stories about horses for sure horses. <laughs> There's probably some my little pony stories in there. <laughs>
4: nice <laughs> Now do you prefer when you're when you're writing and illustrate do you prefer one or the over the other? because it, when, when I'm reading your stuff it, I re, the way that you you know sort of detail your prose passages and the way that your characters you know talk they're very they're very detailed, they're very cinematic like I can when I'm reading it like I can just imagine exactly what they're doing to where they're at. Now, are you very uh, a visual person when you're writing?
3: Uh, well, first of all, that's really nice of you to say.
4: Um,
3: I prefer writing for sure. For, it took me a really long time to actually get to that point because I um, I went to art school. I didn't study writing ever. Um, that that aspect is completely self taught for me, and it took me a really long time to feel like a I had something to say. And that I had stories to tell, and be to feel comfortable with my abilities as a writer. So, when I was younger, I was definitely leaning on the drawing side of things a lot more. And at some point in, I guess my mid twenties, I'm I'm just about into my mid thirties now. I, I hit this point. And I started working with really great editors. Um, I worked with a woman named Jeannie So over at Simon and Schuster, and she edited um, Chiggers. And Mercury and taught me so much about storytelling and I felt like I finally have a person who's in my corner who's helping me to become the writer that I want to be and who's gonna support me and catch me if I mess up and that gave me the confidence to really push myself more and once you once you get used to doing that and you get used to working with an editor and getting feedback and getting criticism that's that's, like, good criticism, you just become a lot more confident and a lot less worried about messing that up because you know somebody's going to catch it and you're going to make it better. Um, So, yeah. um, I also think that having that drawing background really helps me to write for comics especially because I have an understanding of pacing, what fits on a page, how much text fits on a page or in a panel, and um, just the the the, um, the beats and the action aspect of it, like what can you really convey in however many panels. So I try and script in beats. Um, I don't really dictate panel layouts or page layouts very much because I don't really think that way when I'm writing. That's... I try and leave that up for the artist and like with that girl working with Raphael Albuquerque, who's a total genius. I just give him, I'm like, here's this on the page. And then he takes it and makes it a billion times better and comes up with these incredible layouts that just make it sing and make me look really good. So <laughs> that's kind of blast.
0: So bringing up Raphael, what kind of working relationship do you guys have? Are you, do you, are you in the office together a lot and bouncing ideas back and forth or do you kind of, do the story, and then let him let just let it go. Just here, you go. Do what you need to do with it.
3: I I write a whole script, and then um, it gets edited by my editors, who are Mark Doyle and Rebecca Taylor. They're both awesome. And once we feel confident about it, it goes to Raphael, who's in um, I'm blanking. I want to say Brazil, but that's
2: okay. maybe wrong. I think
3: that's what his Twitter says. Is it Brazil? Okay. Um, so my South American geography is like really bad. Anyway, so like we're not even in the same country. Gotcha. And then when you ask questions about something, usually Facebook messages me.
4: Wow. <laughs> so, so obviously, there's a little time difference. Do you have like a little, hey, I'm gonna be in bed at this time. What can we wait till tomorrow? or is it or you guys have the relationship where, he sends you a message and you're like, oh, I need to look at this and oh my goodness, I can't believe it. because his art just pops. Like he, re- like you guys are the the, I, I hate to say it, the Greg Capullo and the Scott Snyder of this rebirth. Uh-huh. The the the, the work, like you can tell that there is the, the mutual respect between each other and just the love for the characters because, you your your ability to write and your ability to really. Like you already know what these characters are and you're only two issues in. It's you're a, like you're we're able to just sweep into the story, but he's Raphael is able to just bring that and it's so bright and so energetic and that's why I, I've loved so much about this so far with Batgirl. I'm sorry I just went looking at it. It's it's I I honestly we don't even interact that
2: much. I
3: think it's just I do my job and then I try and hand it off to him and get out of the way as much as I can. Cause I, I, I totally, every, why would I get in his way? Like, everything <laughs> in has been amazing. It's just been really nice. And the, the other thing that's helpful is that i spent the past like three or maybe even four years working with uh, Rebecca Mock on a couple of graphic novels. So she, I'm writing those and she's drawing them. And they're also pretty action packed and, um, so I've been honing my ability to work with another artist for a while. And it's it's kind of lucky that I'm coming on to that role right now because I've I've figured a lot of that stuff out. But every time you work with a different artist, they have a different working process and they want different things from you. So usually what I do is I, I write my script the way I'm gonna write it and with the caveat that you can always we can always discuss like anything because even when I'm writing for myself to draw, which is, you know, I'm doing that right now, sometimes I'll sit down to draw a page and it's like, I did not think this through all the way. There's <laughs> a beat missing or there are too many beats and I can condense it some. So a lot of that stuff
4: gets worked out visually.
1: That's
4: great. So would you, well, who would you say are some writers that really inspire you or like you look to for inspirations if you're ever having a hard time with something? Like do, are there any names in particular that stick out to you? That's so hard. Um,
3: most of my friends are writers, so it's like... I don't even really know where to begin. I'm trying to be better about reading more issues because everybody has different tricks. And because I'm not traditionally like a, a serialized comic reader, I'm more of a graphic novel reader, there's just like... The stuff that I always try and figure out is, like, how are people handling getting into a story? Because that's always really hard. Like, first issues are really tough. Um, how are people handling page turns? There are only so many tricks that you can really use for that. But still, it's like, it's. I was I was reading Paper Girls, and I initially had picked that up. So I was like, I wonder if, if Brian K. Vaughn has any page turn tricks that I don't know about. But then, like flipping through it, it's basically all the same ones. It's like you just <laughs> want something that's leading into the next page. There's only so much you can do. You can have like somebody shouting from off-panel, or um, you can have a character reacting to something that we don't see yet, mm-hmm. or um, and, and you just you just want to keep moving on to the next page. So that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. And um, what wow. else? Um, captions versus drop balloons, internal monologue. Um, they're just, they're different tropes in writing superhero comics and different, there's like a, a different um, just a different language to it. So I'm trying to pick up as much of that stuff as I can.
0: Rihanna's a huge fan of yours and eh. I know she's got a ton of questions for you. Oh, man,
1: thanks <laughs> a ton of Batgirl questions. Um, so, like, where where did you where did you start with Batgirl? Um, what's your What's your relationship to her? Were you a fan before you were assigned to the project, and how did that come about? So
3: what happened was that I was introduced to Rebecca Taylor, who's either the assistant or the associate editor on the book, and I can never remember which it is, but basically I have two editors, and she's one of them that I work with the whole way through the, the process. So I was introduced to her. We had lunch and um, hit it off. I was invited to do a short story for a Gotham Academy yearbook. And Mark and Rebecca also sent me home with um, the, the camera steward, Brendan Flusher, Babs Tarr, Batgirl, and, like, Grayson and some other stuff. And I hadn't been a Batgirl reader before that, but I'd been, been seeing, like, pictures from it and hearing like odds and ends just through Twitter mostly, and I thought the art was really cool and adorable. Um, anyway, so I read the Batgirl trade, and I loved it, and emailed Mark and Rebecca and was like, this is great, I love this. Thank you for, oh, and Gotham Academy, yes, awesome. But anyway, Batgirl was my favorite, and they just invited me to pitch on it. And I pitched on it, and then I got the job, and that's basically it. I, it's like it was crazy i didn't believe it when i got the call i was really excited i think this may be the first call the first time i've gotten a job over the phone and then like jumped around the ring <laughs> Usually it's, it's like an email or something like that but this is just one of, this is like a huge opportunity for me like, i knew that and it's been really awesome to work on it and really exciting for me That's killer so, it's a really
1: good comic i really I mean, enjoyed it as, as somebody who's like not Typically, a Batgirl fan. Like, I really, really, you made me care a lot about Batgirl. And thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you.
4: So, you find out that, okay, I got the job of, of Batgirl, where you were like, what did I just get myself into? Yeah, for
3: sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pitched it in December, and then I found out in February that I got the job, and it was like, and we're going to need a, a script, like, really, like, pronto. The deadline was crazy and um, of course I had all this, I had all this like outline type work that I had to do before I could even do that, so it was like you got a job and now you're just like right into, right into the water.
0: That's something we Um, like to talk to our writers about is the deadlines, like what, what do you do with deadlines? How do you, how do you face that everyday challenge of knowing in the back of your mind, I've got to submit this like tomorrow.
3: Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not used to that cause I'm used to having deadlines that are like a year away,
2: okay. and
3: I guess it's like kind of trained me to just sort of get the work done because if your deadline's a year away, but you also have to draw two hundred pages or you know write and draw two hundred pages, you can't really wait on it because then you'll be in big trouble. Uh, you need all of that time, so. I just like, I know what my deadlines are, and I know how long it takes me to write an issue, and um, fortunately I do a lot of outline type stuff up front, so I, I kind of know more or less what I'm going to be writing when I sit down and do it. I know it's going to take me about a week. Um, it's really more like five days, but I need at least two days to sort of drag my feet and,
4: and um, uh, procrastinate,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then I can start writing.
4: So when you're writing, are you putting things like up on a storyboard? Or are you just are you just straight up like writing ideas down? Like take us into that process a little bit if you would.
3: Um okay, so for for the ARC, that's happening right now, DC pitched me a backpacking trip vacation story. And I was like, that sounds great. That was all they gave me. And I was like, well, if it was me, I would want to go to somewhere other than Europe. Usually if you're going backpacking and you're in your teens or 20s, you're probably going to go to Europe. And that's what everybody does. But it's back And she can go anywhere. And also, I would love to go to... I've been to South Korea and I've been to Hong Kong, but I haven't been to a lot of the places that she goes. And one of the reasons I wanted to write this is that then I can do all this research and it's kind of like getting to go to these places. You get to learn a little bit about them and because it's so visual, there's a lot of like Google Street View. So you're like wandering around these places virtually. Um, I, Before I started writing, I sat down and talked to friends who've lived in most of these places or and worked there. And they gave me a lot of the, the kernels of um, inspiration for the stories. It's stuff I never would have known if I hadn't sat down and just been like, okay, so you've lived in, in this place. Can you, what was that like? And they basically just talk. Personally, my friends, these are like talkers. So they just give you all this stuff and you're just like frantically taking notes. And then um, I just go home and read up on, sort of follow up on the things that they told me and figure out how I could, Link all of that into the um, just anything about Bad girl. When I'm when I'm building a plot, I'm like, okay, so what what am I trying to say about this character? What's going on in their life? What do I thematically want to say with this book? And then do it. I just do tons and tons of research and look for things that will sync up with that? So it's really messy at first, but Gradually, you find the pieces, and it comes together. But yeah, it's like it's scary.
0: <laughs> go ahead, Rihanna.
1: So when you're writing, um, you said there like um, like bullet points almost. Um, is that kind of how you're how you do your individual text blocks?
3: Yeah, it, it's pretty bullet pointy at that stage. I take a lot of notes on my phone. Like I'll go for long walks and I'll dictate to my phone. Um, and then I basically just I. I just got this cool tip from from Tay, which is that when you're breaking down issues for an arc, you want to think about what's the cover image going to be and what's the cliffhanger going to be for every issue. So you figure out those two things and then you sort of fill in the blanks, which is kind of cool. It doesn't 100% work for me because I need to sort of figure out some of the middle usually before I know what the cliffhanger is going to be. But I thought that was a good way of thinking about it because you really are just trying to, it's like you want the first image and the last image is basically what that's saying. Okay.
0: The book. So you said all your writers or yeah, all your writers, all your friends are, are writers and illustrators and stuff. Do you guys constantly bounce stuff back and forth off of each other? You're always trying to give helpful hints and tips and all that.
3: I mean, I don't, we're, we're always like on Twitter and Facebook all day long but I don't really writing is very I just need to sit down and just sort of hack it out by myself I don't usually know what I'm writing until so late in the game that it doesn't it's not all that helpful to bounce ideas off somebody else if I'm really stuck then I have a few friends that I can I can like text message and be like hey I'm trying to figure out this thing can I just basically talk and usually in, in the process of just Blathering at somebody or texting them either they will have some kind of idea or i'll just sort of figure it out by myself as i'm trying to explain it to somebody else and that's when like when you're when you are working on an idea and you put it into words for another person that's sort of when you figure out that it's either cool or really stupid
0: (laughs) i know that feeling like my boss will walk up to me and he'll explain something like trying to figure out how to do something and then he will just walk away and that walk away is the epiphany moment just oh i got
4: it i don't i don't need you anymore thank you bye yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're writing like are is there a moment where you're like you know what this isn't working you just rip the page up and you start writing all over or like you said you kind of write in like you kind of have an idea of where things are going but you're you're just trying to fill in the blanks have you has there ever been a moment where you're like, no, I'm just gonna wipe the slate clean. I gotta restart th- this whole process of where this story is going because I got a better idea.
3: It's pretty rare that I just throw everything out, but I do throw a lot out. I'll throw out scenes, and um, but usually I'm working towards something bigger and I don't want to throw out that bigger arc. It's really just like the, the smaller pieces that need to get tweaked.
2: I used to throw out
3: more, I mean, when. I've, I've been writing for i've been doing comics professionally for 12 years ish and i used to write myself into corners a lot more i used to have to throw out like a third or a half of the script and i don't really have to do that anymore and it's mostly just because i outline better now i do i do like that. I figure out what's working and not working at the outline stage. So when I get to actually write the script, then you don't have to throw away as much stuff. It's just detail work.
4: Do you prefer writing the more dramatic sequences, the more personal stuff, or do you like the big bombastic action sequences?
1: I like all of it. The uh, the
3: action sequences are kind of... That's my favorite stuff, but it's also the hardest a lot of the time. Because it's... The way that I do that is I need to figure out where this fight is happening or whatever action sequence it is so I need to figure out what the space is like physically and how the characters in it can interact with that space and manipulate it or you know be manipulated by it and that's really hard for me even though I'm a pretty visual person I have a hard time like looking at a space from overhead and flipping it around in my brain, which is kind of what you have to do to write this kind of thing. Because um, when I'm writing a scene like that, as much as possible, I try and be very specific about the space for the artist and usually provide as much reference as I possibly can because I don't know another way to write something like that, but except, you know, here's here are some actual pictures of what I'm talking about and here's how the action is gonna flow through this.
0: So they get lots of notes from you. No, no? Not really. No, they don't? Okay. Actually, it just works out.
3: Oh, I also send a lot of YouTube videos. Um, oh, really? so I've been watching a lot of uh, like uh, martial arts training videos and stuff like that and they're so great because usually it's two guys
2: mm-hmm. or
3: you know two women or whatever who are demonstrating a move and They'll go through it very slowly, so I can be like, "Yay! Here's this. This is the move I want to use. Here's a video. It's like you want to go a one minute twenty six seconds, and that's sort of what we're working with."
0: That's really cool. <laughs> that, that's really cool. How does how do, how has technology really helped out in your line of work over like the past few years? Because there's been really great things happening with like you just said, you share YouTube videos and there's software for like drawing and all kinds of stuff. Now that's just, it's almost just as good, if not better than actually putting a pen to paper.
3: Yeah. Uh, Well, I wouldn't know how, I don't know how I would write a book like this one without the internet and without all those videos and without Google Maps and, you know, without random tourist blogs that I can just read through and read about their personal experiences and, steal their vacation photos (laughs) for reference Um, I love that that we can write a pretty realistic book about Okinawa and none of us have been there but we can go to a specific street and we can rotate it around 360 degrees and like see what's there Um, and as for like drawing and stuff I still draw on paper so I'm not really using tons and tons of digital anything. I know most people are working digitally at this point completely, mm-hmm. but because I don't really draw that much, I'm kind of set in my ways and I am not ready to make the switch over yet. So that's why I have a giant scanner behind me.
2: <laughs> I'm
3: like the huge printer. It's like there's something that's pretty cool about buying $200 worth of bristle board and a whole bunch of brushes before you start. And I just, I really like sitting down at the drafting table and not looking at a screen and just looking at paper. Because it's really hard on your eyes to you just stare at a
2: screen all day.
4: It is. We were literally, I was, you can't see, but like, we have a bunch of notes here, like in my iPad, and we were like writing vigorously questions and everything, like, and we wrote, do you prefer pen to paper or laptop? Like, we literally wrote, I was like, Tom, we're on yeah. the same page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: we were actually under the assumption that you had probably visited Japan at some point in your life because of how in depth you actually, you were with that series and hearing you talk about maps and the 360 view like that makes so much sense because like you said earlier, yeah, you're pretty much there you get to visit those places when you do that you get to learn about all of that stuff. Yeah, it's
3: cool. I'd love to go seems like an awesome place.
2: I couldn't. I mean,
3: even, even in the research, I even found out that they have like a big um, microbrew culture
2: oh, in Okinawa, which is why they go
3: to a pub. Hmm. Uh, I'm not. A, I, I don't know. I, I love learning little minutia like that. That's hmm. what really brings it to life for me. Yeah. Actually, what's what's interesting is that we later on we go to China, and that was probably the hardest one to write because China doesn't allow Google, really. Like no. Yeah, there's a, they call it the Great Firewall. So there's no street view. <laughs> um, it's a lot, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so for real. It's just, it's a lot harder to find reference material or of anything in China because less of it's translated and you can't, you can't street view around.
2: Okay.
0: Hmm. Go ahead, Rihanna.
2: All right,
1: so, um, I have been looking ahead at the uh, at the covers and the little like teasers and stuff, and it sounds like Batgirl's gonna save Kai, which I'm really excited about. And like your Batgirl's a total badass. Like she speaks three languages and she kicks ass in so many various martial arts forms. And like I mean she's she's obviously like to some degree a feminist hero. Like do you think of her that way? And does that like come into play when you're writing her?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean I think I would really have a hard time writing any any woman who wouldn't identify as a feminist because it's such a,
2: you know, it's like such a
3: no-brainer thing to be. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I write her the way that I wish I could be. Like, I wish I could travel and just know all the languages because, you know, I'm sure she could just sit down and, and, like, flip through some phrase books and she would just basically know it all. She's a genius. And she's already trained in all these martial arts. So... I didn't, I feel like I can basically have her do anything that I want. Um and the thing that makes her human is really just that she's she's like a young woman in her twenties and her life is when well, she's, shes bigger she's figuring her own self out. So that's she she's kinda getting in her own way a little bit and a
1: lot of the arc is what that is that's what it's about. Of that's what really brought it to life for me, I think. Um, was the the amount of, like, self-doubt and figuring out of herself that she is doing, because she is a badass, but, like, she's also really profoundly human. I thought that was really cool. Thanks. Yeah, and that's
3: what makes her fun to write. And she's, like, she's, um, she's pretty upbeat, and that's fun to write, too.
4: Come on, Kyle. I know you got a question. I do. (laughs) It's one thing to write stories that you love to write, but it's another thing to actually get awards for it. Uh, you've actually won the Eisner Award, correct? Yeah. Like, what, what was it like being recognized as an award-winning writer in
2: that way?
3: It's cool. Um, I actually, I don't know that I was expecting to win it. I, I have two. Um, the first one I got for, it was, it was sort of like a, a New Talent kind of thing. It's called Special Recognition, which is the worst name for an award because (laughs) what does not even mean. (laughs) But yeah, I got that that a couple years ago. And then the second one I got for Wrinkle in Time. And the thing that was kind of crazy about that year is that I was up against basically all my friends. I was up against Meredith Grand. I actually, I don't really remember who else was nominated that year. But it felt like, whoever got it, it just felt like a crapshoot. Like any of us could, any of us deserve to win it. And I just happened to, and it, I was psyched, but also it's like, you feel a little bit bad winning over your friends because it's such an arbitrary thing.
0: So there was that general pressure there that I don't, you really had no clue who was going to get it. And boom, they say Hope Larson. And what was that moment? Was it just... Was it butterflies? Did you just like stand up and hurl everywhere, or were you excited? Like, what was it?
3: <laughs> it was like, oh god, I have to go up on stage and make a
0: speech.
3: Did you have one I did. Uh, I fumbled through it. Uh, Meredith, Grant, and I had been joking at breakfast that we should we should like fake a feud, which we did, <laughs> but not very well. I couldn't really hear her from the audience. So I don't, I still to this day feel kind of bad about it because I don't know if it played for the audience or if they thought we were serious and I was just being a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm saying is, uh, if you're nominated for an award, don't plan with your friend to fake a feud.
0: (laughs) Because it's not going to go well.
2: (laughs) That's good advice.
0: (laughs) We see we see Batgirl not only as Batgirl, we see her, like... We see, like, a personal side of her, too. And the ass-kicking side, the badass side, all that. Do you kind of... Do you ever try to mirror yourself into your writing with Batgirl? Do you ever take things out of your life? Or maybe something that you wished you may have done, handled a situation differently or something like that, and thrown it into the story?
3: I don't really...
0: I Are you a badass sense ass sense. kicker that goes out every night? And... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know.
3: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish that was like no, not at all. Um, I do. I put stuff from my life into everything that I write, but it's That's more cool. like just the the general issues that I'm grappling with, or um, what I like what it was like for me to be that age. I'm not like I don't have a fight with somebody and be like, "Well, I'm gonna get the last world." And the pages were the pages of that girl. <laughs> I don't write my I don't write people based on my friends. Um, okay. I don't.
2: I don't know. It's like
3: I try and put my life into my work without having it encroach on anybody else's because that feels kind of like a violation. And it's this thing that you're always balancing as a writer because. Your own life is where inspiration comes from, but I feel a responsibility to the people, that to like my family and my friends to not take advantage of that position.
4: Now, since you've been writing, Batgirl, I know we're just early on in your Batgirl run. Has DC kind of given you carte blanche on like what you're allowed to write about? Like, if you can't like say like. Say that's okay. But like do you think we'll ever see like your Batgirl face off against like Harley Quinn or like like some of like the more Batman y Rogues Gallery pop up like a black mask or two face within your Batgirl?
3: Um I cannot tell you that <laughs> <laughs> we'll <back> Asia. <laughs> but I can I, There, there's one character that I asked to use and I didn't think I would get and they let me use this person um and that was very exciting so basically i can always ask but it really depends on what's going on in everybody else's run Mm -hmm. and what's happening with that character and what what's planned for them in the future like there are characters where i've asked and i've been turned down because that that minor character from the past is getting rebooted or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and you just don't know so I don't know. You can always ask. That's basically it. There, I'm I'm trying to like not ask for anything crazy because I'm the new kid.
0: Maybe you should. <laughs>
3: yeah, I need to to build up. I need to do my time and I can start making demands, right?
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's definitely fair.
3: <laughs> but I'm also learning the ropes, so it's like I don't I don't. I'm trying to just figure out how all of this works in in a on like a smaller scale, before I take it bigger.
0: Take it, Rihanna.
1: Yeah. So, what's your kind of correspondence with DC? Like, do they do they get in touch with you mostly like digitally? Do you have to ever go into like an office and pitch things or go to meetings? Like, what's what's your relationship with them like?
3: It's mostly email. They're in uh, in Burbank, which is very close to where I live. It's like 20 minutes away. So I do sometimes go in and um, I, I pitch this arc in person, roughly, but I don't really, it's mostly phone and email. If I go in, it's usually because I'm getting a free lunch or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: usually go do to meetings or anything like that.
4: Come on, Rihanna, I know you got a bunch more.
1: Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh you're uh I don't know if you can tell us this or not, but like uh your bat girl is talking to Fruit Bat at one second or for a second and says, uh uh well Fruit bat is still in the wheelchair, says, um I used to be in a wheelchair too. Are we gonna see a bunch more of that? Or is that I'm I'm kind of confused as far as the timeline if if she's been briefly paralyzed. Like, I, I just have so many questions about that. Are we going to see more of that? I guess this is the way to put that. Um,
3: no. Um, my understanding of the timeline is that I, I'm basically just continuing on from the previous arc. So nothing's really getting thrown out. So she still has the, the like implant thing in her neck. Spoiler alert! Got <laughs> uh, a spoiler because it didn't change. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like I, I know my book is part of rebirth, but it's not really. We're not throwing out anything that
0: came directly before it. It's just a continuation. That's interesting. All right. That's very interesting, Tom. Um So, getting into the whole re- At first, when they announced we're doing this rebirth. Was it really, was it hard on you? Did you think that, oh man, I'm going to have to come up with this whole new story arc, I'm going to have to do all this stuff, or did you know the whole time I'm going to keep this based from where I started and keep the story going and just do my thing?
3: I mean, since they since it was their idea to begin with, I, I think that they just knew all this stuff was happening, but I didn't believe. Okay. Uh... The, yeah, I, the the rebirth aspect of things didn't really have any effect on the way I've approached it.
2: That's
3: and cool. a lot of that just has to do with really liking the previous run, and um, I didn't want to get rid of any of that.
4: So let's talk about working with Raphael a little bit more. Do you, mm-hmm. now he like? Obviously, he's a penciler, but when you, when you guys are sitting down, are you are you like this is gonna be? Like this shade of purple, like this, this building is going to look like this and it's going to have this color to it. Are you guys that detailed with it or are are you that detailed with it? I know you kind of answered it a little bit earlier, but I just like, for me, like your, your, your world of Batgirl is just so bright and vibrant, but it's still that gritty feel to it that we all know for, for people who love Batman. So Mm -hmm. can you talk about that a little bit?
3: Yeah, I, I don't really, for as far as color, I don't really ever mention a color in the script unless it's very important, because that is a, another person that it has to go through and I worry about things getting lost. Um, and also, I just, you know, I trust the colors. And I, I trust Rafa to, to bring their own, to bring another dimension to it. So unless something is really critical to the story, I just don't mention it. Um, I most pretty much the whole visual look of it is Rafa. He he wanted it to feel very pop, you know, very colorful and, and bright. But his art also has this cool gritty quality, which I really love that you mentioned. So it's just like all comes together in this really cool way. I'm excited. It's like it.
4: that perfect marriage of art and design and just like the, the world you guys are crafting. It's, it's like I'm being brought back to a kid when I was reading Harry Potter for the first time or Lord of the Rings. It's like, I want more of this. Keep going. Like, <laughs> don't stop. Dad, think, no. Yeah. He's, it's
1: like,
3: it's just so cool getting to work with an artist of caliber. And knowing that the pages are gonna come back and be better
2: than anything I
0: could imagine. Yeah. So you not only dabble with the comic book world and graphic novels, you're also a, uh, you, you've you put out quite a few short stories. What are the, uh, what are kind of the differences that you have to take into effect when, you, when you're writing a short story, when you're writing a comic, when you're writing a graphic novel? What, what things do you, is there, is there stuff that you have to, oh, I I can't do that. I've got to stay away from this. What what kind of rules do you make for yourself?
3: Mm. I don't know that I have rules really. It's just like, it has to fit in the page line. That's the rule. That's good. Whether it's like six pages or two pages or 200 pages. It's, you never have as many pages as you want, which I think is a good thing because it forces you to to like kill your darlings a little bit and uh, condense things and, um, or or maybe it's like you've got too much story and you just need to throw some of it out and find another way to get to where you're going. I actually really love writing short stories now. I didn't always, and as I the the more issues that I write, which is it's only twenty pages, which is not a lot. 20 pages is very short. Um, And now I just, I, I love writing really short stuff. It used to be that I would sit down and write a short story and I'd want like four more pages. And now I can sit down and be like, okay, we're writing a six page story. How do I just like maximize that but not go outside of it? And I'm starting to really see the beauty in writing a short story that doesn't push against the amount of space that you have. that just like fits nicely within
0: it. Yeah.
3: Which is harder than you'd think.
0: Now you said that you really enjoy writing these short stories. Is, is that something that we get to look forward to in the future Is more short stories from you? Or are you just so bogged down with this Batgirl work?
3: I'm pretty bogged down. I have some stuff coming up that I can't talk about. I have at least one short coming up that I'm pretty excited about. It's going to be cool. That's great. Um, great. But yeah, what I'm working on right now is Girl. I'm finishing up my second arc of Goldie Vance. Mm-hmm. Album, mm-hmm. And I'm making this graphic novel that's going to be with, uh, for our and Giroux, which is my book publisher. They did wrinkle mm-hmm. in time and, um, and compassed out that they're doing it, that, that's basically where I've landed as far as graphic novels so that's what I'm doing now uh, I'm going to have some free time kind of opening up for a second after I finish up with Goldie Vance and I'm sort of like what do I have what do I do with that is, what do I
0: make is, is that a scary thing with you <laughs> like I, I have time to do my thing do you not know are you just going to think about work the whole time
3: I mean, I'm going to do something right now. I'm trying to figure out what the thing is that I'm going to write. Cause it's, I've been, well, I absolutely love everything that I'm working on. And it's, it's like, everything's an honor and I'm having a blast. I haven't gotten to write something just for me in, in a while. Like it's all been paying gigs. So now I have some time to actually do something that's not going to be a gig. And I don't mm-hmm. really know how I want to, like what I want to write. That's I great. I could, I don't know. There's, or I could write a comic. It's just hard to say. I don't know yet. I'm I'm Screen. juggling a couple of
0: options. Yeah. <laughs> is that something you'd be interested in? as writing screenplays? Do you dabble with that or? I
3: um I dabble with it. I haven't sold one, so it's like I, I do really enjoy them. It's like writing comics, but a lot easier.
0: Yeah, <laughs> way easier. I can imagine. I can see that for sure. Rihanna, take it away.
1: Um. Wow. <laughs> so mad at me on that note, um, well, man, now I want to know about, um, uh, do you have how many screenplays have you written? Um, and are they, are they similar? Are they drastically different? Tell us about those a little bit.
3: Um, I've written a bunch. Most of them are very, very bad and we're definitely not going to talk about those. Uh, yeah, I've written enough that I, I sort of get how the format works and I would like to write more. I'm just not really... When when you when I sit down to write a screenplay, I'm really trying to write something at this point that I think might actually sell. Mm-hmm. So that really... I'm not going to sit down and write like a, a charming slice-of-life story or something like that, because no one's going to buy that. So it needs to be something a little bit bigger, like action-y or horror or sci-fi, or something like that.
2: Or nice...
4: I'm a horror movie junkie, so let me see, see. Are you? Yeah, so as soon as you said that, I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm interested. We are. Keep it going, Rana.
1: Um, let's see. Uh, you uh, you also have a, are you still running your own publishing house as well? Or, uh, uh, house? Oh, that that
3: basically ended after I moved away from Canada, so that's been done for like eight years or something crazy.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So when you go, <laughs> when you, when you sit down to write, what is your work day? Like, are you a, uh, are you a work for a couple hours and go drink some coffee and make a phone call and do this? Or are you like a sit down? This is what I'm doing. This is the next 12 hours of my day. And I'm busting this out. I, I
3: have to take a lot of breaks. I'm definitely like work for a couple hours and yeah. then do something else and then go back to it later. Right now, my days are kind of split up between writing and drawing. So, I mean, like, every day. So usually what I'll do is I'll, if I'm actively writing, I'll get up and I'll try and write for the whole morning. So, like, eight or nine to noon. Okay. And then take a break and, like, go for a run or something like that, eat lunch. And do a little more work in the afternoon, take another break. And basically the, the blocks of work get shorter and the breaks get longer <laughs> as the end of the day approaches. And if I'm if I'm like on deadline and I'm sort of getting close to the deadline, then I'll usually work at night too. And if the script is due the next day, I'll usually write until pretty late and then I'll get up early and finish it and then send it in. Because I've never quite when I finish something I have to let
4: it sit for at least a minute okay so you said that you've dabbled in screenplay so it sounds like you're you're a fan of cinema you you, you, you like the more <laughs> if you were to like I hate doing this but the the movie junkie in me yeah I have to. If you were to would cast,
3: cast Batgirl? Yes. yes, who would you cast
4: as Batgirl? Oh. She knew.
3: <laughs> Coded Johnson. That, that's her,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: wow. yeah.
1: Fifty Shades. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes.
3: I haven't actually even seen that movie, but I've seen her in a couple of things, and she has this great charisma, and she has a sense of humor, mm. and she's like down to earth in a way that, and I can see her kicking ass too. So I feel like she'd be
0: awesome. Yeah, we're looking at her right now. I could definitely
4: see her kicking some ass. Really? Dakota. That's,
2: okay, cool. If
0: That's
4: du- cool. If Dakota Johnson, her schedule is so busy she can't do which I'm sure she would love to do <laughs> it. Is there That's a put this on her. Is there a second person? I'm, um, I'm just super yeah. curious when it comes to these sort of things. Yeah,
3: it's hard to like not think of just redheads. Um
0: I'm totally blanking on her name. It's okay. It's such a hard question. She's... Oh, man. Oh, no. This is terrible.
3: <laughs> no.
4: Who, who do you guys think? I re... <sighs> like, I got one. Like, I want to say Jessica Biel, because... But she's a little too old for it. I like, yeah. the, I like the Dakota Johnson. I feel like, you know, Dakota, Dakota Johnson's at that point where she, her she's becoming a movie star, and... Like if she were to be cast tomorrow, that movie would just she would pr- not only propel the movie, all the fans would love it. There wouldn't be like that negative hate because she's a great actress. She can sh- she looks the part.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, I want to say Jessica Beale, but it's not Jessica Beale. Jessica
0: Biel is like way
3: too old, and she has kids and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's what <laughs> these guys will make fun of me because I throw this out there every once in a while. But uh, I could see like a Kirsten Stewart making a bad girl she's got that right. really kick-ass attitude and she can do the cute and sexy thing but i think that's the right age bracket and i think she can pull it off i i think
3: she could too she'd be playing against type yeah um, i think she'd be awesome she's a better actress than people give her credit for. i
0: agree it. i agree okay and she started to
3: to show more
0: range too now yeah she smiles a little bit now Every yeah. once in a while, she'll let one loose.
3: <laughs> well, now that she's dating girls, she's given all these interviews talking about how she just like basically feels a lot more confident and better about life and right. willing to let people in. So, I guess that's what we have to thank for this new side of Kristen Stewart. We need Kirsten to start the
0: hashtag Kristen. <laughs> We're starting the hashtag hashtag <laughs> Kirsten Batgirl or something. We're gonna get I her. Could, We're like, gonna get her.
4: I could I could to see because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Emma Watson. I don't oh, know. Oh. I can see that. Yeah. Rihanna no. No.
1: No, I was actually no, that was a that was an oh Yes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I do that. Um, I actually it is hard not to just think of redheads. I was gonna say Emma Stone. That's oh, the, that's oh, what I was trying to think
0: of. There you go. Dang. We got it. We got it. Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah. She's Let's got go. I like I, her personality.
1: Like, she would do like the yeah. the kind of awkward batgirl, really like the a little bit of yeah. doubt but then i think she'd like bring it together and really kick ass and like the contrast i think it'd be really cool
2: yeah.
4: zombie land and the stone like, yeah.
1: Yeah, just...
4: oh yeah keep going ryan
1: but like but with the occasional laugh of like of um gwen stacy Emma stone um <laughs> you um you worked with uh scott mcleod as well didn't you the uh, the guy who did uh understanding and making comics um i've
3: never worked with scott
1: But But I've
3: known him for a long time. He he sort of is responsible for my career. Nice. Um, Yeah, sure. I was in art school and I was drawing a lot of illustrations, basically, and just putting them online for myself. And he found my stuff and just encouraged me on his blog to draw comics. And fortunately, I was already a comics fan, and was reading a lot of comics. So it was just this weird little nudge from the universe. That put me on this
4: path, and I've just stayed on it ever since. So we'll ask just, like, a few more questions and let you get on with your evening. I've always been curious, when, whenever you get on to, like, a project at one of these huge, you know, like, DC or Marvel, do they just send you a crazy amount of stuff that you have to read? Like, here's 50, 50 graphic novels and books, and of this character, and here's who they fought in 1989.
3: No, I wish they did that. <laughs> that would be great. They they sent me um, the just the previous arcs, wow. but the, the ones directly before mine, and that's really it. Wow. And the rest I have to figure out on my own. But fortunately, there are all these amazing fan wikis for every single DC character ever. Yes. And everyone uses them. Writers use them. Editors use them. Nobody can remember all that stuff. So we just... Thank you, fans. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they know how much we depend on
4: that stuff, like all of us, even DC. That's really
0: good to hear. That's really cool to
2: hear. You're
4: welcome. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> wow. Rihanna, go for it. And then we're going to watch it. It's the probably theory.
2: my last
1: one um but uh so your your eisner award for wrinkle in time um it's been like a minute since i read a wrinkle in time what was it about that specific story that made you want to retell it in the way that you did nice well this is actually like
3: another weird thing weird career thing um i just got an email one day from the editor who was putting that project together and she asked me if i would be interested in doing the adaptation and like basically basically it was a cold call. It was the email version of a cold call. And that book was a really big deal for me when I was growing up. and I just couldn't believe it at all because it's like a, it's a classic it blew my mind that somebody was just emailing me out of the blue and being like, hey, Here's one of your most favorite and most influential books. Would you like to adapt this? And the first thing I had to do was to check and see if if uh, Madeline Lingle was still alive. <coughs> she was not, and oh. um, that was actually a relief because then I could take the job. But I was like, I can't, I couldn't take this if she was still alive to basically be looking over my shoulder. I couldn't have, I couldn't have dealt with the pressure. But, um, yeah, and that was a great experience. Her estate, Wendell's estate, was spearheading this whole project, and they're so nice, and you hear hear horror stories about people's estates meddling in, in adaptations, and I just never had any of that. It was nothing but supportive, super crazy, lucky break, basically.
0: So is this it for you? Is this what you see yourself doing forever? You're doing comics. You're writing stories. This is the this is the Hope Larson way. We get to read your stories for a good long time now. Please, please. I so.
3: Yeah, I hope so. It for a long time I wasn't really sure if I was gonna stick it out mm-hmm. or not. Or you know, I mean, it's it's a hard business. Yeah, it doesn't really get easier. It kind of gets harder as you get older, and you have. Um, I mean, you want like health insurance and stuff like that, and it's kind of tough to make that happen sometimes when you're doing comics, but I don't know what else I would really do. And I feel really lucky to be in an industry with so many cool, supportive creators. And I just, I don't know of another industry where people for the most part really have each other's backs and it's just like the family. Well, it's insane. great. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't expect to be leaving comments anytime soon. <laughs>
0: awesome so hope where can we find you on social media and what do we have to look forward to next from you that you can talk about
2: oh man
3: um you can find me on twitter at hope larson yes Um, i'm on instagram at despair larson and my account is locked but you you just have to request to follow me and i'll i will i will let you follow me it's not (laughs) (laughs) i just don't want creeps looking at my instagrams fair enough the caterpillars and stuff like that it's privileged um (laughs) i I have a website hooklarson.com. and as far as what's coming up next a bunch more bad girl yes uh goldie vance second arc is starting pretty soon and the trade for the first arc is coming out in october awesome i just had a book called compass south out in june which is a a uh, Robert Louis Stevenson-style swashbuckling pirate seafaring adventure, which you should check out. It's for middle schoolers, but it's pretty cool, and you can read it as an adult. Part two, of that's coming out next June. It's called Knife's Edge, cool. and that's like kind of. There's more stuff, but then we're getting like into 2018,
4: 2020 sort of territory. <laughs> so I'm glad uh, you have that lined up, though. That that makes yeah. me happy. Yeah, so please, if you are listening to this episode, go pick up the first two episodes, not episodes, the first two issues. I don't know. There you go. There you go. They're so cinematic, though. That's why I think they're. Yeah, there you
2: go. First two
4: issues of Batgirl, written by Hope Larson and penciled by Raphael Albuquerque. And that's going to be it for episode 72. Thank you so much, Hope. We so appreciate you coming on, just talking with us. Thank you, guys. This is really fun. Yeah. Like, Like, I like reading it today like i was like i read it i read the first issue last week and then i was like I, I picked up second issue today i was like oh my god where's 3 where's 4 <laughs> no <laughs> They come in my house like
0: did you read this <laughs> so nice. So
3: it's been really fun, honestly. It's been super fun. I love everybody I'm working with. I love my editors. I love Raphael. It's just been like one of those really easy, fun working experiences all around.
0: Well, all the buzz that we see on the internet highway, I I think the fans love you too, and they love your work. So thanks a lot for doing what you do, Hope.
3: Oh. Thank you so much.
0: <sighs> <It's All right. laughs>
2: Have a good one, guys. Thanks, thanks you too. too. I'm the night, I am the knight. I am